Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline, you're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Good afternoon, everyone. We have a great show for you today featuring Kim Stemler. She's the executive director of Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association. We're going to be talking about all things wine in Monterey County. But before we begin, let me remind you that I'm Paul Wyant, owner of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, we can help you find great staff for your company. It's hard finding good people nowadays, so give us a call, 831-920-1230, and we can help. Of course, if you're an employee, give us a call as well. We have lots of great jobs out there right now, so 831-920-1230. Kim, welcome to the program. So great to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up with possibly the best job in Monterey County? Okay, so I was born in Bronx, New York. Mother's side of the family are New Yorkers for a couple of generations. And then um, at that time, uh, New York City was too dangerous. So we moved to Maryland for me and my brother to go to school when I was getting ready to go to school. So I grew up in a small town in Maryland uh, where my aunt lived up the street. Grandmother lived in the same neighborhood. Happy, fun, good life. And then um, after I graduated from college, worked in an investment firm in Baltimore. They sent me to Esalen Institute to do a workshop. Uh, T. Rowe Price, I worked for T. Rowe Price, and they sent me to go to Esalen to work with somebody who was actually an expert in group development. And I had already done one workshop with him, and it just so happened the next workshop was at Esalen Institute. And we were suits. I was a suit to come out to the West Coast and sit in clothing optional hot tubs, natural hot springs, just sort of blew my mind. But beyond that, I fell in love with the land in Big Sur. And then I dreamed about it for a year. I dreamt about the land and I thought I need to move. I don't know why, but that place, that coast, this coast is calling me. And I did. Without a job, you just moved and figured it out. Without anything. anything. Are you in Monterey, Carmel, that kind of? So, well, what I thought is I'd do a work scholar month at Esalen. So they don't, I don't think they have them anymore, but pre-fires and road closures and all that stuff they did and COVID. So that's a month long program. So I decided to do, used to be able to do a few of those. So that's what I did. And then, then Esalen needed help with business and I have a master's in business. So I ended up just staying and working for 10 years with them and getting married and having kids and building a house with my hands and Big Sur with our hands. And then I got divorced and there've been times in Big Sur, you can't find places to live. You can't, it's not only money, you can't find rental. And that was happened to be one of those times. And also I just felt like professionally I needed a change. So then I moved to town. Ah, I moved to- I'm pretty sure if you pitch a tent in Palo, Colorado, no one would care. Yeah, so, especially <laughs> they're, they're free spirits up there. Then you started with the, uh, your current with, wine. How did you how did you get go from Esalen to where you're at now? So I was actually a consultant for years and I still do some consulting on the side. And friends of mine said, there's this great job open and you are a leader. You need to apply. Two friends of mine said that. And I really think they just wanted an in with the wine industry. Yeah. <laughs> more than a couple, couple free bottles of shide wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's what happened. So it was just friends. And I thought, oh gosh, that sounds really fun. And I love wine. And um, and and I'm always fascinated by economic development. Um, and um, and I also have I'm somebody that has a wide variety of skills. I have lots of tools in my toolkit, mm-hmm. and this job sounded like 
um, something that, that could use that, which it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I applied and I got the job. It was great. So the Monterey County uh, Vintners uh, Grower and Growers Association. So you represent how many growers are there in Monterey? I mean, there's the oldest grower in Monterey uh, out there in uh, right over by Palace. I mean, uh, by Pinnacles. And then there, how many are there? And I mean, roughly. Well, it's really interesting because it's probably better to talk about quantity than number. That's in good. some way, because don't they sell? Some people sell their their grapes to people in like Lodi and stuff. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk acreage first. We grow around probably. I haven't seen the most recent acreage and it could have gone down last year, but um, let's say around 44,000 acres are cultivated in wine grapes. Mm -hmm. And often, you know, I think Monterey County residents get that Monterey County starts just like 12 miles north of Paso Robles. Um, You know, so if you're not from Monterey County, you may not realize that, but all those grapes that go down that way are ours. They're all Monterey grapes. Yeah. so around 44,000 acres, we're the same size and cultivation as Napa. So we're gr- cultivating the same amount of acres. We are able to create a little bit more yield um, than they are. Um, and they have higher value than we do. They have the highest value in the U.S. Um, so, but how many businesses actually yeah. control that? Well, that is really hard to figure out, as you know, yeah. like in ag, there's so many interesting partnerships. And um, uh, But what we do know is we have about 225 distinct vineyards. And if I get fa- the five right people in the room mm-hmm. and two of those people or one of those people at least includes um, one of the biggest management companies, I can get over 85% of the acreage in Monterey County. Wow. In that that, well, what I, I love about Monterey County is that if you get like the wine group, they produce like Mad Dog 2020, and then you've got the highest end wines in Monterey. So it's just the the scope and breadth of, of between the, you know, the the types of wine and stuff. What What is, I, I mean, I know some of the grapes that we're known for, but can you talk about like some of the grapes that we're really known for on the Santa Lucia Highlands and other places and uh, what, you know, maybe some of your favorites and, and things like that? So um, Monterey County is is a coastal growing region and we're, and, and I'll get to grapes. It, okay, it, yeah. Influences this, um, so uh, and we are strongly influenced by the bay and the ocean, and perhaps even more so than any other coastal region in California. And the reason is because we have that big Grand Canyon, underwater Grand Canyon in the bay. It's you know, if you just think about putting the Grand Canyon in the water, that's what we have: two miles deep, sixty miles long, um, and that's why. To, I'm on the coast. Today is the first day I've seen sun in probably a week. <laughs> you know, so why do we have fog? Why does this Salinas Valley have wind? It all is about the relationship between that deep underwater canyon and the upwelling of cold water, you know, that creates fog. It pulls down wind every day in the Salinas Valley. It's why some of the trees in Greenfield grow on angles. Um, I always want to do an ad with people in Salinas Valley in the afternoon in their hair. I think that would be really funny. And so, um, so, so that speaks to what we grow well. So at the northern end of the valley, we grow cooler weather grapes and we grow premium grapes. So that's going to be the Santa Lucia Highlands, which are on the west side of the valley on the Santa Lucia, 
Lucia range on the bench lens. That's going to be like and, Han, Han in that. In that area. Han, Pizzoni, Caraccioli, um, yeah, uh, Francioni. So all of those folks mm-hmm. um, grow there. And and they grow, I would say, in the, in the top five Pinot Noirs in the world. Um, and also Chardonnays as well. Um, so they are our two main crops. And if Monterey County was known for something, it would be known for our Pinot know in our Chardonnay. And so the, um, but Monterey County is also really versatile. And as you know, it's a good idea always to have a hat and like a Patagonia puffy or vest in, in your car, if you're going any place in Monterey County, right? Because there's lots of different variables in the weather. So those variables are great for wine. It means there are lots of different microclimates. And we actually grow over 50, five zero different varietals in Monterey County. Wow. 32 of those have over 10 acres. And what I like about that is uh, one part of, we have a lot of big growers here. We have Gallo. We have uh, Jackson Family Wines. We have Constellation. We have the wine group. You know, they're attracted to Monterey County because we grow great grapes. Um, that's why they landed here. Jess Jackson came here. Uh, the Wentes came here really early. Um, and all because Monterey County was shown to be a premium growing region very early on in the 1960s, actually, mm. uh, comparable to Burgundy. Wasn't Shalone? Shalone was before Prohibition, right? And that's, of course, that's on a different side of the valley. So you can talk about what goes on over there because that's on the east side of uh, Salinas Valley. So I don't know how that affects the weather or what kind of, yeah. So you It's so different. And I, I love Shalone. And I keep on saying, if anybody wants to do a movie of Monterey wine country, do a movie of Shalone um, because the history is just fascinating and full of drama and their wines are incredible so they are, if you if you want to go to a beautiful place to have a, a the, the tasting it's outside uh, they have an inside and outside but it's it's just a great little valley and you go down a dirt road it's a yeah through the grapes yeah it's so cool and you can see so shalone is um if you is so one of what i recommend is go hiking in the pinnacles in the morning and then go to shalone they don't care I, we've done it they don't care if you come in shorts i'll tell you that they don't they they don't even notice probably. <laughs> like, how people dress or whether they know of anything about wine does not matter to any of our wineries um, yeah. that's that's not monterey county winery but um yeah i i, I love shalone and shalone's grapes. So we've had experts from all over the world come in and they will say that Shalone has the most European style wines. And it is very different because the pinnacles are an ancient volcano. So the soils are more volcanic on the east side of the valley, which really changes the style of the wine. Uh, They also, it's pretty amazing because they have so much heat, yet they're able to grow Pinot and Chardonnay, which is it's something that has long puzzled those of us in, in the Valley and in wine. It's like, how can they do that? Because if you put it anyplace else, that's too much heat, but, um, but they taste beautiful. They pull it off, yeah. uh, and then, you know, so to the other varietals, and let, we can think about Chalone too. Chalone is one of the few places growing a lot of Chenin Blanc, which I love. And, you know, I don't know about your mom, but my mom in the 1970s, Chenin Blanc was it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, so, and I love Chenin Blanc. Um, so, so 
We're not only Pinot and Chardonnay, we are also all of these other varietals. So, and if we look at Chalone alone, it's Pinot, Chardonnay, um, Syrah, yeah. Chenin Blanc. Um, I, I think they have a Grenache. Um, they have a couple other varietals. And then um, throughout the county, what we're seeing um, a rise in is actually Cab. You know, so Cab is our third largest varietal. So here we're a cool, you know, we think of ourselves as a cool weather region, but the reality is we're so long yeah. that we've got this Southern. Well, Bradley, exposure. yeah, when you get down to Bradley and, yeah. and towards the uh, old um, army bases and, and like those oil fields and stuff, there's a lot of uh, South of Solid, or actually it'd be even South of King City, even. Yeah. South of King City, yeah. Hames Valley, San Antonio Valley. Um, so, and, and I'm loving our Cab. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a big tannin person, so I have to qualify that. Um, I don't find our cabs to have a lot of tannin mm. yet. Um, and that is partially heat related. And and so for me, I actually really like our cabs. I love our Syrahs. But let's not talk about what I love. Let's talk about. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like uh, from Greenfield, when you go towards Carmel and the uh, that that valley, the Carmel Valley, there's some wineries up in there. Is there anything different about that would be adjacent? Is there anything different from that valley per se than to maybe one that's further down? Um, yeah. So that valley is actually really hot. Kishawa, yeah, it is. Carmel Valley. So, uh, you know, um, I do you know what AVAs are? No. American culture areas. Okay. We should talk about that. And then that relates to this. Um, I'm taking you, I realize I'm taking you on a winding trail here. I hope that's okay. So ABAs are federally designated regions. And if you buy a wine that is labeled from an ABA, mm-hmm. um, you should have some faith that it will taste similar to other wines from that region, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's, it's about place. Yeah. Uh, and wine is about place. It doesn't have to be, but but a lot of winemakers, especially smaller winemakers, that's what they want to accentuate is place. And some larger winemakers. Well, famously, champagne is the one that... Champagne. Does. I was going to say champagne. Although Russia just outlaws champagne from champagne, they say no one champagne can be from Russia. But anyway, that's... Crazy. It was really crazy. I know. <laughs> um, there's a lot of international stuff going on in wine. It's amusing to watch. So... Um, these AVA, Santa Lucia Highland is an AVA. Arroyo Seco is an AVA. Shalone is an AVA. You know, so Shalone does not taste like Santa Lucia wines. They taste very different. Mm-hmm. Even the same winemaker, they would taste so different because the place is very different. Arroyo Seco tastes rocky. Like you can taste that river rock, yeah. which I love. You know, their, their Sauvignon Blancs are so good. So back to Carmel Valley. Carmel Valley, especially deep in Carmel Valley, in Kashawa, is really hot. And it doesn't have the coastal influence, even though it's really close to the coast mm-hmm. because of the way the mountains are protecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the coastal influence. So that's where we can actually grow a lot of Cab and Cab Franc. You know, so it's really funny because I think it's actually more north than some of the Santa Lucia Highlands, yet it is much hotter. Mm. Well, Cabernet grows yeah. very well kind of anywhere, right? I mean, not anywhere, but in, in multiple environments. Is that correct? It has to have the heat. Cab has to have heat. Um, well, I wanted to ask you about not- this because I was talking to Jack 
Escalante about yeah. 10 episodes, 20 episodes ago. I can't remember. And he was talking about how like smoke from fires can make wine taste almost better or different or give it a distinct flavor, but then it can also just go too much and damage it. it it's a thing. So yeah. I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts on, on fire? And, and- um, well, there's a lot about fire. Um, sometimes smoke does impact wine grapes, the flavor of wine grapes. And what it does is it impacts the flavor of the grape skins. It actually molecularly changes the skins, but it is very hard to predict what grapes will be impacted and what won't. You can have a part of your vineyard that has smoke taint and a part that's not, you know, it's about wind and there's honestly not enough research done on this. So um, the issue with having tainted wine, wine that could smell like smoke. I remember when I started, I actually talked to one of the big um, chemist in wine Mm -hmm. and he runs the biggest wine lab. There's a lot of wine is chemistry, it's nature and then chemistry. And he said, don't say smoke tainted wine is bad. It's just different. So it's very barbecue-y is the way I think of it. The problem is if you are a winemaker, you want your wines to pretty much taste somewhat consistent Mm -hmm. through the years. If you're, especially if you're a smaller or medium-sized winemaker, you do want it to show the difference in the, in the vintages, you know? So you want to say, oh yeah, 2016, I don't know, uh, bad year, 2018, you know, we had more water and, and you're tasting that we had more uh, heat and you're tasting that. I think having for a lot of winemakers, having the wine with smoke taint, it's just off brand. It's not their brand. So a lot of them will choose not to do it will choose not to produce their wine if there's any concept that there is smoke tainted wine. I've always thought, you know, that's an opportunity for us to do barbecue wine. <laughs> and sell it in a different brand to Texas because it's not, it just tastes different, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. If you've got a, you've got a brand flavor, a brand profile, it doesn't fit into brand profiles. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Um, It's, it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, that brings me, I I wanted to ask you about this too, because I I heard a talk also recently where a lot of winemakers are trying to get more into like, you know, how there's the light beer. They're trying to get into a, like a lower calorie wine. And and I haven't tasted any of it. It sounds, it would sounds like it'd be really hard to do and maintain the taste, but have you tried some? Yeah, I have. I actually liked it. It was really good. Uh, Shide has a line, sunny with a chance of clouds. I just call it sunny. I, I'm embarrassed. I can't, I don't remember the entire name, sunny with a chance of clouds or something like that. Um, but it's delightful. It's really light and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just like all of those lower alcohol, lower sugar beverages, yeah. you, you don't notice it's that in between where you don't notice you're drinking something alcohol with alcohol in yeah. it. Um, so it's really, they've got three, I think a Sauvignon Blanc, a Chardonnay, and then a, a red. Yeah. And I've had, excuse my dog. I've had all three and it's just delightful. And for summer drinking, mm. it's really good. Well, yeah, it, it is. It's really, uh, that is interesting. Some of the wine products and some of the innovations that are going on, with uh, with wine, I, I everybody lo- I think most people love the high end stuff and the, and your traditional Pinot Noirs and things like that. But some of the seltzer now the wine is that any of that being produced and maybe. I mean, this is, we're inclusive of everybody, but what is it like truly in those kind of those seltzers? Is there 
are those wines or what, what is, what can you- I am so embarrassed to say, I don't even know. <laughs> Cause I don't drink them. Um, and if somebody actually mentioned to me that another region actually said, you know, that they're just like people, she, what did she say? Like people just want to get out and party in this other region yeah. and that they're drinking white claws before they go into tasting rooms. And I'm like, what's a white claw. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think of white claws is seltzer, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't drink those. And I, I well, you know, the thing, just- I imagine that you have to like these big wineries, like they are producing premium wines and like shied and everybody, but there's also the, the industry of the wine. Like they probably sell animal feed with their, their waste or they, or they have to, they may have lower end wines, like a, like a Louis Vuitton, uh, kind of how they go to the outlets or whatever. And I was just, yeah. I was kind of interested in that side of the business and what, what, uh, yeah. what happens there. Yeah. So, so the big wineries are very different than the smaller wineries because there are more opportunities to make money. Um, and so for larger wineries, some of the things they look at is can they do um, wine brands for different lines? Like say the pa- Paul's restaurant wanted their own wine brand. Mm-hmm. So you could go to somebody like Shied and say, Will you do a wine brand for me? Ah. And they would if you paid them the right amount of money. The branded wine, and then they sell they sell grapes to be to be uh, used elsewhere to make wines. Like I mentioned, Lodi earlier, they do blends probably from in Sonoma or whatever. If we produce more wine, yeah. So um, so there are, and you'll see this more with larger. There are some smaller folks doing Central Coast blends because San Benito actually does. Sam some San Benito vineyards are just amazing. Is that like Hollister? Is that what's the wine like in the Central? Valley is it it's just probably that's not Central Valley we consider that's actually Central Coast still Mm -hmm. Um, but that little area complements us I almost wish we could take it under Monterey County because like Piscinus that area of a lot of our growers are actually growing what is that that big uh, there's a big processing plant there uh, somewhere south of Hollister I've passed I don't know what yeah I don't know but anyway does not in our purview Yeah. So some of our folks are doing Central Coast blends where they will use, and it's mostly San Benito and Monterey County that they're doing um, because they can get some really big Cap Franc up there and big. So when I say big wines, big means there's more heat automatically, Mm. that that the environment has more heat. So the grapes tend to have a bigger flavor, a bolder flavor. And that's what we mean when we say big wine. Um, so there was another question you had, and I'm so sorry. If- That's a- oh, so how do they make money? You know, so they could, they do brands for other people. They, um, the, uh, oh, I'm going to mispronounce it. Resiviterol? That's Veritol, the red wine. Veritol, right. That's Veritol. Yeah. You know, so that comes from some of the big companies. Yeah. Okay. You know, so um, there's, there's ways to make money making those supplements as well. And they're not making it, but they're supplying the pro- product for that. But that's, that's the very big companies that are it's in. It's like Constellation that. Brands or, or Wine Group. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Well, now let's get to tasting rooms because I know uh, there's a downtown Carmel. There's a lot. So this airs at 1.30 on Saturdays. If you're driving in, always downtown Carmel. They've got a ton of tasting rooms. And then on Cannery Row, there's a bunch. Uh, where where do you recommend visitors go for tasting rooms and and, and, you know, what will they find in some of the, you know, either Cannery Road or downtown Carmel or, or yeah. elsewhere? So I, for me, you need 
at least three days to experience tasting rooms in Monterey County. Because Monterey County, even though we're a medium-sized county, it, we're pretty spread out. Yeah. Um, so the, the regions are Carmel Valley. They have about 25 tastes. Um, almost Folk all tale. are walkable. Folk tale is a lot of fun, yeah, folktale. Folktale is really fun. And Folktale is the one winery we have that does concerts and, um, you know, and, and more of an event center, really. Yeah. I mean, they're a winery plus an event center. So so I look at Folktale and I think more uh, some of the wineries that are in Sonoma and Napa, uh, Folktale is more like them, you know. Um, and then so Carmel Valley um, everybody's walkable except for Folktale. Um, and Folktale actually now requires reservations, uh, um, which is great. And I think you'll see that increasingly. Um, and then there's Carmel. And the wines that you find in these tasting rooms are probably going to be similar, like a similar lineup, um, because the wine themselves are coming from vineyards throughout Monterey County. Um, and then there's Carmel. They have 14 tasting rooms right now. And Monterey, which has actually grown, they have about... Uh, five tasting rooms right now over by Cannery Row and also now on Alvarado Street. Oh, yeah, there are yeah, two, yeah. which is great. Um, so, but the best, could, the best yeah. way we were sleeping on is River Road. You got it. I mean, maybe it's not the and best. That's right. Like, that, so, so you've got your Car Carmel Valley one day, the Peninsula another day, and then go down to the Salinas Valley because that's where the vineyards are. So you go down River Road. The issue is like Shalone, you almost need another day. Yeah, um, hey, just for Shalone. Yeah. And you, can and you can look at the condors and then that's right it's worth it um so going down you know starting and and the misnomer is and we find this a lot is that the peninsula is far away from the vineyards and they're not mm -hmm. um you know so it is about 30 minutes from the airport to the first vineyard. like wraith or who it was one of the uh, it's actually odonata okay river road yeah, it's not that far. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you can just spend a day going down from Odonata all the way down River Road, Puma, Pisano. You can go to Rath, Han. And then um, in the fall, we'll have uh, Russell Joyce. So Joyce Wines, uh, who has a beautiful place in Carmel Valley. Highly recommend hanging out there. Um, they also bought Ventana, wow. bought the old Ventana winery. So he's taking his time fixing that up. It's It will be equally beautiful down there and i'm really looking forward to that happening and then from there so in the fall you can go there and then from there go to shide um and then end at shide and then the next day go to the pinnacles and, um and and what's exciting is we'll see more hotels in the in southern monterey county coming fairly soon i think i'm very excited about that yeah. um and i think then the wine region is just going to grow even more with that kind of structure why i do think because if you go to solvang and that area I, I think monterey county is getting there i mean we were there probably i mean we are there it's just it's just amazing like you can almost wine tourists you know i think we'll start to see it on the level of uh like solvang or sonoma at some point hopefully but uh, i don't know do you know the numbers on that uh like which are the most popular regions in california oh napa is by yeah. by far um and then i don't i honestly don't know i we meet but i want everybody to know we, i actually meet with all of the other re wine regions every other week now we were meeting every week so we work together all the time um and even other states like occasionally i work with the folks from washington state and then we're involved internationally we work with champagne sometimes the champagne region wow which is what, what we really need is we need paul giamatti and someone to make a romantic comedy about 
about uh, the Santa Lucia Highlands, and then it would be huge. <laughs> we totally do. And and also, if they could retract that Merlot thing, that, Mer- that would be really good because we actually grow a lot of Merlot. <laughs> and I like Merlot. Everybody, everybody Merlot? does. I think that was just meant to be a joke, probably. <laughs> but yeah, but it's yeah. Well, it is. It, it was wonderful talking to you, uh, Kim. I uh, Thank you. the website I believe is uh, what is it? MontereyWines.org. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's great. Is there anything else you want to add or of, I mean, I guess events, uh, anything coming up? Is there? uh... So (laughs) our winemakers celebration, our annual celebration in May. And of course we can't, couldn't do it this year. And we're, we're wavering right now about whether we can fit it in this fall. Um, So not sure about that, but what we will be doing is um, I think in September are some magical mystery tours. (laughs) where we take people on a bus, we tell them the approximate region they're going and they don't know anything else. Mm. Um, and we did one last year or a year before last and people loved it. Yeah, uh, Just before COVID, people loved it and then didn't get to do any last year. So so uh, that will be up. So look for that on mondrewines.org. And then once we figure out, I think everybody's having trouble, not only us, everybody's sort of trying to figure out what capacity we have for events and where to fit it into the schedule. Um, things like that but we'll let everybody know oh that is great yeah it was really really nice talking to you and uh, anytime you want to come back and talk about wines i think i could just probably talk to you for another half hour and uh (laughs) we could do a tasting thanks paul well you may need to have a glass of wine to control your sorrow because that's going to do it for another episode of what's the plan monterey i'm paul wine owner of express employment professionals in monterey county if your company's in need of great people give us a call today 831-920-1230 Also, I want to direct you to our website, whatstheplanmonterey.com. There you can listen to the complete conversation with my guests. Oftentimes, the interview goes on a little bit longer, and you can uh, listen to the whole unedited interview at whatstheplanmonterey.com. I'd like to thank Mark Carbonero. He is the greatest producer in the business. And I'd also like to thank Mr. David Marzetti. He's the host of the Saturday Morning Shagbag Radio Show right here on 1460 AM and 101.1 FM at 9 AM. Dave Marzetti. Eddie helped me start up this program, so you have him to thank. And you're going to want to stick around because next we have Mr. Edward King with Business Sense Radio. Stay tuned.